and welcome to Brom Show. This is Brom. It's great to be back with you. And we're right in the middle of the series, Top 10 Ways for Americans to Improve in 2021. Number five, fight for the right of speech that you disagree with. State your opposition to it, but stand behind their right to say it. Now, I strongly disagree with Antifa, Proud Boys, Black Lives Matter, neo-Nazis, and the like. However, I have to stand, I do stand, behind their right to say the stupid things they say. Just because I stand behind the right for them to sound and say stupid things does not mean that I say or sound stupid. Now, I can sound stupid all on my own. I don't need any help with that, right? So, let's see if we can make this more clear. You don't have to believe in the things that they are saying for you to say that it's okay for them to say it. Free speech is only tested when it is speech that somebody or nobody wants to hear. In other words, if everyone wants to hear what you're saying, free speech is useless. Free speech comes into play when you will say things that will be offensive, that will hurt, that will cause damage to somebody's self-esteem. It reminds me of the old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And before those of us that tend to be on the right of political issues, let's not forget the man that was voted in, the last Republican in office, had threatened to shut down reporters that reported negatively about him. This goes both ways. Now, having said that, I also believe this should be applied to the tech giants. And so, in other words, if there is an app that you're using that stops freedom of speech, we ought to ditch the app. No, I'm not suggesting that the government interfere, although some laws should be applied. For instance, a telephone company is not held liable if there is a crime that is discussed and carried out over the telephone. And so there's an agreement made with the telephone company and the government. Those same agreements are made with big tech and the government. And so big tech is not held accountable when people use their platforms to perpetuate and prepare for a crime. Therefore, they should not have any say over what is said or not said on their platform. And so they were totally erroneously, they were in error. It was just a bunch of bull that they would stop the president of the United States from posting on Twitter and Facebook and any other type of social media that they thought that they had that power to do. It's not right. We need to stand up for speech we disagree with. Now, I pastor a church in Seguin, Texas, and if somebody wanted to get on our stream and comment and say that, well, I'm a heretic, and I preach false doctrine, and anybody that follows me is going to just burn in hell for eternity, I stand behind their right to say it. Now, I don't necessarily stand on their right to say it on our Facebook page, right? But nonetheless, I stand behind their right to say it because this is America, and that's freedom of speech. If you want to call me a heretic, fine, call me a heretic. That's freedom of speech. Now, what's not freedom of speech is when Ben Shapiro goes to give a speech at a college or Jordan Peterson and they 
just uh, come out with their bullhorns and they harass and don't let them get in two words and they shut everything down. They unplug sound systems. And this is happening on our college campuses. These college campuses are the places that most of our politicians are going to come from. That is a scary thought. This tells me that our freedom of speech is very likely coming to an end. And this is why it is paramount that you and I stand up for free speech, even free speech we disagree with. This is all a part of the same cancel culture. If you said something I don't like, forget it. You're done. I have wiped you off of the face of the earth and my mind and you no longer exist. And if you're speaking someplace, I'm going to show up and I'm going to boo you and I'm going to harass you and I'm going to just be as obnoxious as I possibly can to shut you up. Now listen closely. If what they're saying is so abhorrent and it's so dumb, we ought to let them say it. Because what it does is it shows everybody eventually how stupid that thought process is. This is one of the reasons I don't believe in shutting up the left. I don't believe in shutting up the extreme liberal individual or the neoconservative. Or uh, nowadays, I could just call them conservatives. I don't feel the need to shut any of them up because the more that they talk, people will begin to realize, wait just a second, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And, of course, if I'm able, I would point out the ignorance of what they're saying, but I've got to give them enough rope to hang themselves. I've got to give them enough room so that they say the ignorant things that they're going to say, and then I can step in and say, did everybody hear what this individual just said? That's what we should be doing. We don't have to shut them up. We want them to talk. Let me give you a good illustration that just happened here just a week ago or so. So Congress has decided Nancy Pelosi is still, as of today, is still the head of Congress, the House. And she put out this memo or whatever that new House rules and language. There is no more gender identity in conversation. So there's no more male-female. There's no uh, reference to a father or a mother or a brother or a sister, a son or a daughter. It's all more uh, them and they, or maybe parent and child. However, when you get in her own profile, you will see that it clearly states that she is a mother to and a grandmother and is married to so on and so forth. So what we needed to do was let her talk let them put out this memo, let them make this rule, and then we're able to go back and say, look at how dumb this is. And eventually, people now, I granted, I'm taking uh, the intellect of Americans for granted here because uh, back in the day we had intellect. But I do still believe there is a core in the human psyche, in the human mind of man, especially Americans, where we recognize there is still a right and a wrong. There is still a male and a female. There are still clear boundaries set up in our existence and coexistence. 
And because I believe that is innate in human nature, all we have to do is let them talk and say the ignorant things they're going to say. Now, that does also mean that we may end up getting stuck with a few years of idiocy, right? That does happen. But if we will be the voice of reason and we will stand behind their right to say the stupid things, all the while pointing out how stupid the things they're saying is and are, the clock will turn, time will change, and we will be standing in a place of position and power again. And when I say again, please, I want you to understand, I'm not talking about Republicans and Democrats. I'm talking common sense. Realize Reagan gave his speech, that great speech. It was 1964 when he gave the speech, Time for Choosing, where he had the great line, we have a rendezvous with destiny. He would run in primaries on the Republican side against two other candidates that he will lose. In other words, he won or he ran twice and lost the Republican nomination for president. And it wouldn't be until 1980 that he would run and win. 15 years, 15 years. But one thing he did, he stuck with his, with his guns and he said what he continued to say all along. He never changed his story. It was consistent. If we're going to be victorious, we're going to be victorious by being consistent and giving the opposition the right to speak. As a matter of fact, when you go back and you find and you track Reagan's campaign. There was one moment where they say his campaign in 1980 shifted course and changed gears and it brought him to the forefront. Leading him before that was George Bush. George Bush ended up losing to Reagan in the primary and then became his vice presidential running mate. And what was that course? What was that changing moment? Where did the momentum behind Reagan come from? This came right in the middle of Reagan speaking up. Now, they were trying. So George Bush was ahead in the polls. And Reagan is running against him, coming in a second. And during this, they're sitting down to have a discussion. And George Bush wants to say something, but they will not allow George Bush to say it. And Reagan speaks up for Bush and then this altercation happens. Let's take a listen. They don't. The fireworks begin. If, if we may have the first question, you asked me if you could make an announcement first. And I asked you for permission to make an announcement. Would the sound man please turn Mr. Reagan's mic off? Is this on? Mr. Green, you turn on my microphone. You asked for me if you would. I am paying for this microphone, Mr. Green. Reagan's turning point was when he argued with somebody who was trying to shut him up while he was trying to give somebody else the right to speak. If we're going to be successful, the only way we're going to do it is we have to stand with those that we oppose 
and give them the right. We need free speech, even speech we don't like. Thank you so much, and I am out of here.